He holds the crucifix. What does it symbolize? Pallid incompetence hanging on a tree. Welcome, everybody, to the Modern Horrors Podcast, episode 111. That's one, 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 three ones, three downward strikes, a.k.a. the mark of the beast. God damn, how many three whatevers can you get in there, man? How many references are we doing? <laughs> oh, you ever watch, like, those ghost, uh, those ghost hunting shows, and, like, they're, like, run into, like, a fucking nail on the wall, like, I got a scratch on my back, it's the <laughs> demon. Uh, Dude, is this in the shape of a frowny face? <laughs> Is it? Is it? Oh my god, it is. Oh my god. <laughs> the little girl who used to live here used to drop frowny faces everywhere. She was sad one time. <laughs> one time. Just one time. And that's how she killed herself. My name is Luke Rodriguez. I am uh, joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Jacob Hopkins. We are both Appreciate from ModernHorrors.com. And um, we took a week off. We're back. You went to uh, Texas. I did go to Texas, and uh, you know I'm not I'm not what you would consider to be a well traveled man. Okay, fair I will, enough. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, but the few places that I've gone, I've uh, went out west a little bit to the Arizona area. I feel like you're always going to hot ass motherfucking places. Sometimes uh, you go to Canada. <laughs> it was kind of cold okay, there. Fair, fair. That's okay, true. Fair. Um, but I've I've never ventured down into Texas. The belly of the beast. The belly of the beast. <laughs> one one one. One six, one six, one. Six. <laughs> It is the Lone Star State. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> uh, so uh, went to Texas, hung out with a girlfriend's family. Uh, they are not only just fantastic fucking people, but we had an absolute blast uh, from start to finish. Uh, but this is one of the only places I've ever been to where I was like, when I left, I was like, well, that was cool. Um, but there's no way I could ever live there. I feel like I could live in Texas. Okay. So that's a cool fucking spot. And uh, it's just a hot spot for genre film production and festivals and all that shit right now. Because so. it looks like a wasteland out there. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so if push comes to shove, uh, I could I could find myself. Moving on out there, huh? I mean. I, see, I know for a fact that the girlfriend listens to the show. I feel like you're just earning brownie points for this. Yeah, thing. we're not supposed to bring that part up. <laughs> <laughs> just brownie points. Her family was amazing. Yeah, well, we'll have the real chatter afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, episode. sure, sure. Get the skinny. Uh, so we are going to have a hell of an episode. Uh, per usual, every time that we we do this uh, take a week off thing, we always try to try to make it up, make up for it in some way. And uh, th- this week, we didn't have to work very hard because shit was just cracking off the entire time we were away. Thank God, because we don't like to work hard. That's bullshit. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, if we had to work hard, it just wouldn't be a catch-up episode. <laughs> Unless it was easily delivered to our doorsteps, so we wouldn't be talking about Somebody that Somebody right wrote now. the script for us and everything? That'd be great. We need to get on to that. Uh, so before we break down the show, of course, the, this episode of the Modern Horrors Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporters, producers, all of that good shit, uh, Drew Marvick, Joe Decker, Alex Singer, and the big motherfucking homie, K-Muck. Mm. K-Muck. I like all those guys. And a, uh, a quick aside real quick, I was uh, sitting in traffic fucking with Twitter earlier, and I went okay. to our direct uh, direct messages, yeah. our DMs. Uh, if on you the, will. Uh, yeah, slide into the DMs real quick, <laughs> and I uh, was checking out what was going on there, and we have like 70 unanswered DMs. No. Um, because like, it's fucked up. I didn't know they did this, but they, it was it's like ones that I've seen, right? Yeah. And then there's another tab called Requested. Oh, shut the fuck up. And I don't know, like our, our settings are 
like to let everyone come let through, them all go, right? Yeah. So like uh, Jeremy, who gave us that kick-ass game that everyone loved, and we said we were going to send him something. Ah, fuck. I was like, well, he never sent me his address, so fuck him, right? Yeah. No, Jeremy sent his address. Twitter, <laughs> Twitter just said, Twitter said, fuck you. Yeah, like you need to get permission first. So uh, there what? was four or five uh, DMs that I saw off the top of my head uh, that we just didn't get from early in June. So we're going to wow. work our way through those. And uh, sorry if you were one of those people. Uh, we will get through those uh, quickly. I just recently found out Facebook does that same shit as well. Really? Yeah. With uh, I don't know with our you know Modern Horse account, but with your main account, or at least mine it did. And I was like. The fuck? I'm not looking at little baby tiny tabs to find my right, messages. Right. That's what the fucking inbox is for. Right. Why do I have an inbox if this <laughs> is the situation? Yeah, I got a sub inbox. Fuck that shit. All right. So uh, this show is brought to you by the oh! Phantom. <laughs> the the Phantom. That was really it was close. close. Uh, Phantom Podcast Network. Phantom. And uh, you know the people that bring it to you. Yeah, We're a little rusty. We're a little rusty. Yeah, one week. Say? One week. Uh, so we got a lot to get to, uh, in round number two, we're going to be talking about a movie that we've actually mentioned on the show before. And, uh, this is a movie that premiered at Sundance. It's got a lot of hype behind it. Uh, in fact, I mean, one PR person after a fucking other <laughs> keeps telling me to watch this movie, watch me. You got to watch this movie. Let me know what you think. So finally we watched the fucking movie and in round number two, we're going to tell you what we think about IFC Midnight's Killing Ground, uh, at that point. Yep, coming out of the killing ground itself, Australia. Oh my god, yeah, the killing ground. The killing ground. <laughs> uh, and in round number three, no clue. Yeah, I mean, will we even need a round three by the time we're done with this shit? I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll call it like we see it we'll when we get there. cross that bridge. Uh, but, but, oh, but, but, there's so much more. Uh, and before we get to any of it, Jacob Hopkins, please start take me through. <laughs> The newsfeed. The swole fucking newsfeed. The biggest newsfeed. You know what? I'm excited, though. I feel like there's going to be some disagreements throughout this newsfeed. Yeah, I think points. so, too. As we were reading off the, uh, the, 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 the only planning we do 20 seconds before we hit record, <laughs> we at least give a quick rundown of what we're going to talk about. Right. We just agree on the, the, the bullet points, and then we go from there. Yeah. Uh, so no pre-discussion. And let's start off with, I don't know, this one's weird to me. Like, I don't understand the point. Maybe you can enlighten me on what the point might be of this. And that is The Grudge is getting a reboot. Yeah. Again. Again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I don't think uh, it should surprise many people. I'm not a huge fan of the grunge in, in the first place, nor was I a fan of the ring. And uh, if you listen to the show several weeks back, we sure as shit weren't a fan of them coming together <laughs> and uh, Sadako versus Kayako. Uh, but nevertheless, they've decided to reboot the grudge once more um, after the financial just debacle that the rings brought out. Uh, they, they Nevertheless, they've said, hey, we're going to give the grudge another shot. So before we move any any way past that, what, what do you think? Uh, the oh the ah, I give a fuck less, right? Sure. Like, why? Same here. But the one thing that does interest me, man, is the the two people, the two names attached. That's right? the thing, right? Uh, Nicholas, what what's his name? Pesky or whatever. Sure. The uh, the eyes, the oh, eyes of my mother. That's the one. And then uh, we just talked about, I guess, the last episode. Uh, Jeff Bueller, Midnight Meat Train, the guy yep. who wrote all that shit. I mean, those are two talented individuals. Yeah. Are the dollar bills that good that they're signing up for this train wreck? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know either that or it's, it's kind of like that whole David Fincher and World War Z 2 thing. Like maybe they just uh, felt like they could do it so much better. Sure. Uh, I, I don't know. But yeah, having having Nicholas, whatever his name is, right. from, from having having the eyes of my mother, dude, uh, <laughs> on, on on board with Bueller uh Kind of exciting, right? Because as much as like the eyes of my mother was not for everyone, right? No one can deny that it is a fucking gorgeous movie. 
uh, and like really eerily shot. Uh, I mean, slow, sure. but yeah, I, I could see that that style working really, really well here. I just feel like if you're going to reboot it, it needs to be, and I don't normally say this, you, you have to go take the concept of the grudge and I mean like bare bones concept and go a completely different direction. Like I don't want to see the old fucking Japanese house again and all that shit. Like yeah. I've seen it so many times and even in like you said the uh, Sadaku versus Kyaku. I am tired of the fucking house. Yeah, me too. Uh, see, but I was kind of thinking the the opposite. Like really? I, I, go back. I would, I would no, not necessarily. Please don't. Um, but I was thinking that if you're going to take the grudge and reboot it again, that you'd want to do it for this big theatrical mainstream oh, yeah. audience. Right. And I just can't imagine, you know, the team from eyes of my mother, Nicholas doing that here. Uh, so if you're going to make it this more eerie, understated sort of creepy movie, uh, which I do think, uh, regardless if I like the movies or not, I do think that the idea itself could be really creepy. Um, but if you're going to make this understated sort of raw bone, stripped down version like you were talking about, who are you making that movie for? Is What right. audience is it for? Yeah, I mean, it's Ghost House Pictures. They they do some That's big also projects, really cool, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that is, I think, the ultimate overwhelming feeling I have is it will be not even, in my mind, a fun popcorn movie, just the, the usual theatrical slot that makes normal people go, oh, the horror genre's dead. Yeah, that's the first thing that comes to my mind as well. Um, hopefully not. I would hope that those two would, wouldn't sign on for that. Yeah, you um, think. Especially because Nicholas seems to be more of like a, you know, quote unquote, artiste. Sure. Um, a tour, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I... I don't know. I would be disappointed if that was the case, but not surprised. Disappointed, but not surprised. I mean, if the money's there, right, it'd be right. hard to blame them. And that's the only thing. I'm just so curious. Is there really the money for another grudge? Yeah, or the the, the audience. Like, where's the well, audience? Like, yeah, I guess. Like, The Rings did so bad uh, theatrically and critically. Like, I, I, why? That's really my biggest point of curiosity in this is just to see how it plays out at the end. Yeah. I mean, like, but I don't care. I don't. I don't care at all. You know what I do care about, though? Tell me. This next duo, because I love basically all their movies. And that is Mr. Simon Pegg, Nick Frost. They're yeah. coming at us with Slaughterhouse Rules, spelled with a Z. Rules. Right. Um, it kind of gave me... Did you ever get around to watching uh, Battle Royale, the Japanese film? No, or the, no. The, it's the been on my radar for a long time. But yeah, no. yeah. It, it kind of... The, the plot synopsis kind of sounded a, a little bit like that. And I think... Those guys could take that concept and make it very, very funny. Yeah, so in case you don't know who these guys are, these are the guys that did Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, of the Dead. which a lot of you guys will obviously know. Uh, but they haven't really dipped back into the horror realm uh, until now. So Slaughterhouse Rules uh, is going to be a quote-unquote horror comedy. And if you're a fan of Shaun of the Dead, which I think everyone on the fucking planet was, <laughs> uh, then this should be good news for you. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you thought it back to me. <laughs> I was trying to read a little bit. See, I think they had a director um, attached. Slaughterhouse will be directed by Crispian. What a fucking name. That is Crispian a weird Crispian Mills? Yeah. yeah. He's the guy. Who worked with Peg and a fantastic fear of everything. I am not familiar with that particular Also one. unfamiliar. Ah, that's fine. That's fine. I know everybody wants an Edgar Wright with them because anytime those three get together, uh -huh. it's fucking magical. But hey... With a name like Crispian, it's got to be interesting, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what 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 is the what is the plot? Like, what what is this movie following here? So it's an elite boarding school where boys and girls are groomed for power and greatness. Okay. <laughs> the story's hero Don Wallace is a wide-eyed new boy from a modest background, 
forced to navigate a baffling new world of arcane rules and rituals presided by sadistic sixth formers. See, like, I hear that synopsis. It's not doing anything for me. Yeah, but I feel like I could read off a lot of the synopsis yeah, of their films, yeah. and it sounds like asshole. And they, yeah. just, they pull comedic gold out of it. That's true. That's true. Uh, so so far, I mean, I'm done with the team. Obviously, uh, I need to see more before I'm actually like excited. I even like the world's end with these guys, so I'm on board with whatever <laughs> the fuck they do. Um, color me, paint me, whatever. Like one of your French girls, I'm excited. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> so something I think. That you might be a little excited for, and I'm now kind of op- cautiously optimistic about. And I know there's some contention on social media with this one. Yeah. And that is a sequel coming to The Houses That October Built. Yeah, so this came out of fucking nowhere, right? Just no warning. Like, I was uh, I was just hanging out, looking at the bottom of my phone, and uh, all I saw was the, the, the notification come up on my lock screen from uh, RLJ Media acquires the houses October built. And I was like, uh, what fucking year is it again? Real quick. <laughs> so like I had to fucking open the email and then I noticed that there was a two on the end of the oh, title yeah. that didn't show up in my notification. And I was like, holy shit, really? This is happening. Uh, and yeah, you're right. This has been, uh, really debated thus far on Twitter and social media in general. And that's, you know, why, why is this happening? This movie sucked in the first place. And I kind of fall somewhere in the middle. I think, uh, I'm excited for this movie. Uh, and I really wanted to like the Houses October built. Uh, fun fact: it is, I think, the either the first or second review that ever hit Modern Horrors. Yeah. Uh, so this was you know, has a little bit of um, history. Uh, yeah, a little bit of sentimental attachment for me on that one. Uh, but I didn't review it overly well, no. and, and that's just because like it had all of the trimmings and the makings up of a great uh, found footage film that just shat the bed when it came to the final act. Uh, and I think everyone knows that. I think I think the filmmakers right. know that. I think the studios know that. I think certainly the fans know it from what we're reading. Um, <laughs> and, and I think you, when you go into a sequel like this, everyone in the world can't you know recognize the, the shortcomings of the ending and them not correct that in the second movie. For sure. I think the problem with the first one on the ending was like the concept of that is terrifying. Yeah. But visually, it didn't somehow strike that emotion with you. Like it, it just didn't do it on screen the way the actual concept sounds. Yeah, and um, you, you set up all these characters, these oh yeah, these great like, characters, great. Yeah, and these 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 costumed characters, they still make like I see them in memes popping up from time to time. Like you would think this is this this big like really successful movie, uh, but no, like we really didn't use those characters for anything. And I remember like once you finally get into the haunted house at the end, and uh, you know they get put in the coffin or whatever and it's over right. i was like like really it's over like it's fucking over like we're just now getting to where i wanted to be and the movie's over i so, was i was pissed so interesting fact that all the the original people from the first film are going to be back in the second so i wonder it makes you wonder doesn't it yeah are they just going to like pick up pick right up there. right there I think that's the best case scenario, to be honest. I don't, I don't think that I don't think that'll happen, but fuck, that would be great if so. What would be the other alternative? You think they they couldn't go back and prequel it, could they? I mean, like, no, where, where would the no. fucking story be? But it could be like a, a fucking journalist heard about their abduction, uh, and yeah, now she's yeah, gonna try yeah. to infiltrate the ring of of haunted house. We blah blah blah. Shit. I feel like that would be the most logical and easiest path to take. Uh, if it was like a Halloween one and Halloween two, like pick up right after right the other after. ends, I think that would be fucking cool. That's what I hope for. Like, like you said, you get put in coffins. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who may not have yeah. seen it, but 
a little unresolved per se, or at least it's open enough that you could start up right oh, yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, because they don't really answer all the questions. I think it would be cool, and you could, you know, maybe at the end of this one, kind of rectify the problems of the first. Could not possibly agree anymore. Uh, the, 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 the big uh, surprise on this one, I guess, is not just the fact that it exists, but that it's going to be released in September. <laughs> right. Uh, what, do we have a date? September? Uh, I think it just says September 2017. Yeah. Tw- on demand and in theaters, it says. I'm, I'm supposing. Uh, There's not an actual limited. date on there? No actual date. Like, not huh. an actual one. All right. Uh, but September, that's really soon. Super soon for something they just kind of surprised you with. Yeah. Like, surprise. I'm always, I'm always impressed with filmmakers that are able to uh, keep their projects under wraps like that uh, for, for so long. Right. Like, you just want to let the cat out of the bag. Look, look what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> like, sure, you told a friend, and surely that friend told somebody else, and that friend well, yeah, told somebody else. Yeah, you've got a whole fucking crew of people, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, it's a small film, but like you say, all the actors, the sound people, right. the camera people. And it is it is a mass kind of a little following. Like, it was on Netflix for a while. It might still be. Uh, some people, um, we, we got quoted many times on, on Twitter with people just being over the moon excited. So there are people that love this movie, and uh, maybe this could be the beginnings of a full-blown franchise. Who knows? We're going to find out in September. We will. I definitely know that if people are excited about this one. Uh, you, I could only imagine, included, and that is the Leatherface movie. Mm. It's had its ups, it's down. We've talked about it, I feel like, for years at this point yeah. on the show. But we've got something a little more tangible to talk about, and that is there's some brand new images coming out. Yeah. What'd you think, Luke? Uh, new images, they're they're gorgeous to look at. They're covered in blood. Uh, they're everything that I would expect Bastillo and Mari to be a part of. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm aesthetically, I'm into what I'm seeing. What do you think? Uh, yes, uh, just visually looks awesome. The blood looks cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Who's this fat guy with the long hair? He's a big boy, right? Yeah. I'm not really, I'm not sure if I'm feeling that guy. As feel, Yeah, so that was my main takeaway as well. As far as like on-screen presence. Right. Like you look like a dude, like you don't necessarily, not that ugly people, <laughs> they can't, <laughs> I mean, not, like, not calling the guy ugly, I'm just saying like not that like unattractive or unseemly kind of people can't work on camera. Right. It just looks like a guy that wouldn't, doesn't belong in movies, right? My worry is that might is be Leatherface. Yeah, that, see, that's my worry. Because if it's any other character, then I probably don't give a fuck. Right. But, like, I worry that that may be Leatherface. Because he's very physically imposing. He's a big boy. Sure. And he could grow up to be Leatherface. Right. Um, I, I would be a little bit bummed by that as well. But, yeah, it's like, because, um, yeah, it's like the presence, the screen presence screams to me uh, the kid from Rob Zombie's Halloween. That's, the, like, the kind of yeah. vibe I'm getting. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you there. Uh, the only thing that may save that for me is the fact that one of those images was reported to be extremely spoiler heavy, uh, oh. which I'm not so sure, uh, but it shows sure, yes. that that particular character may be meeting his untimely demise. But let's be real. like I've, I've seen people get shot in shoulders and necks and shit all the time, and they come back just fine. Yeah, there is a there's a heavy impl- implication there, right. but I'm also with you. I'm like, is that just misdirection? Yeah, there's no way they would release that still image. Yeah, if that yeah. Was the case. especially being like, oh, here you go, and spoiler heavy. Like, yeah, here you, you don't you don't fucking do that. No, uh, but more interesting maybe than anything else about this particular story, uh, not just not just the still images, but the fact that they have. Uh, stepped away from a mainstream theatrical release, which everyone was thinking was, was going to come in October. Uh, they have since decided to do a day and date uh, in October with VOD platforms, on-demand platforms, and limited theatrical releases. And 
if you are a DirecTV subscriber, you get that shit in September. 21st to be exact. September 21st, DirecTV, you get that shit before anybody else, a la the Babadook. <laughs> so hopefully it's better than the Babadook. Uh, shots fired. <laughs> you know, I know a lot of people are freaked out by that because, mm. oh, fuck, it's, it's got to be garbage then. Because that's the, that's the old timey way to know, right? If, mm-hmm. it, if it couldn't cut in theaters, it was garbage. Not the case quite as much anymore. Right. And a lot of me wonders... Is it just it's a it's a money thing, right? It's a, it's very expensive to have your your movie in theaters. Oh, yeah. This one's already had a lot of ups and downs with production. Uh, somebody sat and crunched the numbers and said, "Hey, if we just go straight to VOD, save X amount of money. When we start making some cash, we're going to be in the green again. Yeah. Everything's good." That's my thought. At Let, least. So my best case scenario. I mean, I think that's a very realistic option to lay out there. But my best case scenario is the fact that we, we had heard uh, Mario Bustillo talk before about being picked up for the Hellraiser reboot and mm. they wanted to go theatrical and they're like, you know what, we're not going to dumb down our style of filmmaking for some theatrical audience. Uh, my thought here is maybe uh, they decided they weren't going to do that again. Mm. And Extreme is what you're thinking. Yeah, or at least so much to the point where they don't want to pull any punches. And I know like whenever we went back and uh, covered a story on them doing reshoots again, everyone was like, oh no, maybe they're in trouble. What if that was when they decided they weren't going to go theatrical and they went out and shot some nasty shit to put in the movie because they knew they, they didn't have to pull any punches anymore. Also a very viable uh, potential reasoning for why this is going that way. So I know a lot of people were upset like, Oh, well now it's not going to be in theaters, which means it's a shitty product. They don't have any confidence in it, man. If you know anything about the modern horror landscape, you should know that if it does go to theaters, that's when you have a problem usually. (laughs) Yeah. Cause they have to cut so many corners to make it happen. And that's why you end up with uh, PG 13 movies that everyone loves to complain about. Mm -hmm. So, more on that as, as I guess we get there. I'm surprised that we have so little at the moment, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Uh, if nothing else, um, here's the hope, and we get a screener before September. <laughs> I mean, right? yeah. Before you fucking direct TV, motherfucker. Right, right. <laughs> that or one of us is getting direct TV, god damn it. I mean, I, I will, for this, I will sign up for a month of fucking direct TV. Use Patreon sure. dollars to get it immediately cancel. <laughs> there we go, yep. <laughs> Let's do it. Maybe we start to, to have some disagreements here. I don't know. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll find out. And we're we're getting into trailer territory now. Okay. And let's start off with one that I had seen late one night. And I was like, man, that'd be cool for the site. But it was super late, so I didn't bother anybody. Lo and behold, next day you put it up on the site, and it's called The Ritual. Yeah. Uh, overused title. Well, sure. It gets, it gets confusing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... This is a movie that the, when I first saw it rolling out, I thought of you immediately because like, oh, this is more uh, survival horror in the wilderness type shit that Jacob might be all about. Uh, but it's kind of that, but not completely. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and just spoiler alert a little bit, I did not see any uh, major grievances with Uh-oh. their uh, the backpacking style in the trailers. Uh-oh. We could run into some man versus horror <laughs> territory later, but from the get-go, I uh, know. And yeah, I, I dug it. it they weird Blair witchy kind of shit's happening in the woods. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. that's fine. Then there's a fucking cabin in the woods. Yep. And then when I was sold was when they walked in and there was that weird fucking creepy, whatever the fuck. What? Yeah. Statuey thing. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm into this. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm into it. I, I don't know for sure or not. Uh, I mean, this is coming from the fella that had written, 
at least was scheduled to direct the latest Friday the 13th movie before they pulled the plug on that. Uh, so Silver Lion, I guess, is that he got to make a fully original picture uh, that is now The Ritual. So um, I, I don't know. I don't know where I stand on this one. I, I'm, I'm very conflicted. Now, I will agree you did bring up a, a fact that it has one of the worst like kind of taglines right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they should have went. They should have gone to Vegas. They should have gone to Vegas. The whole thing is like uh, they they. I think the dude's brother gets killed in front of him or something. Yes. Either his friend or a brother or something. And uh, for like their celebration of his life or whatever, they decide to take this trip out and uh, go backpacking out into the woods. Uh, and of course, once they go out into the woods, they're like, "Hey, we can cut off like a day's worth of hike time if we take this shortcut." Uh, and that's when they get fucked up. <laughs> As it tends to happen, bad shit does happen. Now, it looks beautiful, I think. It's yeah. One of, the, one of the more beautiful films we'll be talking about today in a lot of ways. Yeah, I agree. My, my the, the, the make or break for me on this one is if we're dealing with real people or fucking forest ghosts. You know what? I'm okay with either as long as it's not aliens, surprisingly enough. Okay. If it's I aliens, I'll too. fucking flip out. <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking serious? Aliens? Um... But, you know, I don't know. Yeah, because crazy cultist people in the woods would be cool. And just boogeyman in the woods is fine with me as well. So, yeah, I would I'd prefer crazy cultists in the woods. I think you always do. though. I, I do. I do. Yeah. You know what, though? And I, this is going to be a theme a little bit in all the trailers. And it has been recently. And this one's doing that weird 1990s uh, like where it slides in those like in between kind of title cards. Oh, yeah. Like the inner world. Yeah. Like that. That type thing. Why is that the new thing now? It's making a comeback, man. I don't like it. I think it looks cheesy. It never looked good then. No. It certainly doesn't look good now. But I don't know if you saw that Spider-Man Homecoming poster from back in the day. So the the, the Uh, 90s style is coming back all Uh, of a sudden. Dude, I I fucking can't, man. Well, you want to speak of some stylistic shit and, uh, I mean, that's all I can say about it. And then this this crazy trailer for this movie called Low Life. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this is one of those movies that, I mean, every once in a while, I just stumble across some shit that I just think looks cool, right? And even if it's not a quote-unquote horror movie, I'm probably going to throw it up on the website just because uh, most of the people that read uh, modernhorrors.com, most of the people that follow us on social media, uh, we tend to have just similar tastes about what we think is cool. They like odd stuff. Yeah, and this is why Low Life is one of those movies that I feel like quote unquote uh, defies genre labeling, uh, and you know we love that shit. Oh, for sure. What, I I have no idea what's happening here. Same. There's a lot of weird shit. Even just the plot synopsis is weird. Where you've got a former luchador wrestler, <laughs> some dude with a giant swastika tattooed across his face, and. Uh, what was the other one? Like a, like a guy a cl- like two strikes or something? Yeah. Or, no, or he's the guy with the tattoo. Yeah, the cleaning the cleaning lady or the whatever. Cleaning yeah. Lady, yeah. yeah. I dude, I don't know. It looks weird. The aesthetic's odd to me. It's definitely indie for sure, which I'm normally okay with. This is gonna be one that I'm probably gonna let you or someone else dive into first. Oh man, I'm so excited. <laughs> Before I'm like, I don't know if I want to waste my time with it. I'm so excited. So uh, it looks like you got a little bit of black comedy in there. Uh, say a heavy dose. Yeah, it, it looks like you've got some uh, just balls to the wall, like uh, overly exaggerated action sequences, and then some like legit, like um, you know, blood and violence and stuff that happens inside there as well. So you put all that together, and you get what I like to call a little you know modern horror Oreo, right? So like maybe the the bookend pieces aren't aren't exactly horror, but the stuff in the middle, the guts, the stuff that makes it special, that's the stuff that I'm made of. Uh, so I feel like I want to share that kind of stuff. So the good news is. 
is uh, I've been in contact with the filmmakers a little bit, and uh, this is one that we're going to be able to get our eyes on through our uh, Fantasia 2017 film festival coverage. Right. So we'll have this one in the relatively near future to let you guys know if it's uh, worth it. I will say that the, the I guess it's right towards the end of the trailer where the uh, the guy with the giant swastika on his face yeah. is riding in the car with his <laughs> friend who's black, and it just looks over and goes the fuck is that on your face and he goes oh you know he's like oh here we go again we gotta <laughs> we gotta talk about this again he's like what the fuck do you have a giant swatch going <laughs> yeah, on your face yeah. <laughs> so, i mean like what the fuck dude uh yeah i mean it looks like something that's gonna be right up my alley i i i don't know i don't know i, I think the per- the trailer is purposefully vague i think this plot synopsis is purposefully vague uh, it's the kind of movie that i just want to go in knowing as little as possible and uh i think i'm going to be uh pleasantly surprised Let's stay in your wheelhouse. Please. Please. Home invasion. Oh, yeah. And that he said, oh, yeah, he knows right where we're going. Uh, that's a crazy little trailer with some crazy imagery called Jackals. Yeah. Uh, so everybody knows I'm down with home invasion stuff. Uh, I'm down with humans doing bad shit to other humans. Um Gets a little sketchy for me when we start putting on thematic masks all of a sudden. We've all got to go matching. <laughs> yeah, like who orders those? Like, you know, like when I start thinking about the logistics of this, uh, I'm like, oh, this is kind of goofy. We, we had a discussion. Yeah, could you imagine? Like, I've, I've got me and the rest of the homies with the jackal mask on. You show up with the clown mask. We're like, fucking shit, Luke. I told you <laughs> this week was jackals. I forget what I was watching the trailer the other day. Just a little tangent here. I was watching the trailer and it was like a heist or something like that. And uh, the guy's like, <laughs> you, you always got to match in a heist. Yeah. They're like, you, they're like, you dumb motherfucker. I told you to get Michael Myers mask. He's like, this is Mike Myers. He pulls up an Austin Powers mask. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> so there's right? like this heist and like Austin Powers, Mike Myers mask. And I was like, that's pretty funny. Uh, but anyway, Jackals, we digress. <laughs> we digress. Uh, jackals, it looks like a couple has a baby. Uh, maybe they adopted said baby. Maybe they found said baby. I don't really know. Uh, you don't know how babies get here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never understood that shit. <laughs> But uh, uh, anyway, uh, it seems like this nice little family or family and friend gatherings going on. Uh, and all of a sudden, wouldn't you know it, these this just posse of motherfuckers rolls up in, in these jackal masks and uh, they want that baby. They want that baby real bad oh, to the point. He literally says something along. We need all the babies. Oh. <laughs> I was like, which said no one ever except for this one guy. <laughs> right. And I'm not going to lie. That threw me off a little bit. Not like a like, oh, fuck kind of way. I was like, oh. Oh, come on, bro. <laughs> like, we need all the babies. Well, so the thing that gets me about this one is uh, aesthetically, again, it looks very pleasing. Very I much think. so. Uh, it's got the the hacker guy from House of Cards, for those of you that, that I'm, I'm bad with names. I'm sure people will know his name. Is he the, uh, the scruffy bearded guy? Because I've seen him in a ton of things. No, he's no. a crazy-eyed guy. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, the scruffy beard? Nah, the crazy eyes. Nah, the crazy eyes. But he, I like him a lot. Uh, I, I like this role. It's cool. To, it'll be cool to see him in something like this. Uh, so, fun story about this one is I this came on my radar a couple weeks ago, and I did a little bit of sleuthing. I found the production company, found the guy that owns the production company, uh, sort of stalked him a bit on, uh, you know, some various things. Got Seems his, legit. Got his contact information, hit him up. I was like, hey, man, let me get that movie. And uh, he was like, well, I was not let me get that movie. Let me get some more information about this movie, because all I had was like a picture and a synopsis. <laughs> and I was like, well, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, but he was just like, wait. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> nah. Right? So then the trailer hit their YouTube channel the next day. Oh, and I was okay. like, oh, I understand. I understand. Uh, so this, again, is going to be part of our festival coverage that's coming up. So we will have Jackals in-house very soon as well. Uh, I think this will probably be something I'm into. What do you think? 
from the director of Saul 6 and Saul the Final Chapter. Could probably leave that part off. Probably could leave that part off. I am not psyched at all, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. It just, mm, you know, it was it really, like you said, aesthetically awesome. Actors, legit actors. That's always a plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put those two together, you can get away with a lot. Just the dialogue was kind of goofy to me. Mm. So... Maybe it all works in the flow of the movie. Hard to say. It could just be one of these where the trailer got chopped together and it just didn't flow for me. But sure. uh, yeah, when it's like, we need all the babies, I'm kind of like, oh, I can't do it, bro. And it, it might have the coolest fucking twist of all time at the end. Uh, once again, I'm going to let you <laughs> let me know about that. I'm just not going to waste my time on this one. And I'm not super stoked. As we get closer and closer to these, I may or may not let Trev know. That he should look at it instead. <laughs> Stay ready, Trev. Stay ready. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do have a, a sneaking suspicion, though, that people who just inherently like that genre yeah. will maybe not think this is groundbreaking because I don't think it will be. No, it's just seems like it's, like it's going to follow the formula. I think it. it's going to be a good popcorn movie for yeah. them, though. No, I agree. That's That's all I want out of it. Yeah, and that's fine. That's fine. And for like people like me who are, it needs to be like a really kind of special home invasion film, yeah. probably not going to cut it. Something that will cut it for me though. I, I just I just know it will. And for a lot of other people it should as well. Oh. And that is another Wolf Cop. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been waiting on this one for a minute now. It's already done some festival running and whatnot. Yeah. It, we're we're so close. We got a good we got I don't know if it's a good trailer, but it is a fucking wolf <laughs> cop trailer. I can say that much. So uh t- can I take it back old school again? I think this uh, I think Wolf Cop was the first movie you ever reviewed. For I the think website. so, yeah. And I was not prepared to have to write the words dick transformation. Yep. But apparently that is going to be a thing again based on the trailer <laughs> that we got for another wolf cop. God bless him. God bless him. Right. Uh, so, uh, Wolf Cop, it's a hilarious movie. Uh, if you haven't watched it, I think it's still on Netflix. It's been on Netflix I for, believe so, forever. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't watched it, by all means, go check it out. And this is one of those things that almost instantly, uh, is a rare example of something that got a cult following, like, immediately. Uh, which, like, rarely ever happens. For a movie with the budget that Wolf Cop had, in another Wolf Cop probably didn't have that much of a bigger budget, to be sure. honest. The makeup and the special effects and everything they've done is really, really impressive. And it's just so stupid and self-aware and cheesy. Oh like it's, it's 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 everything you would want a movie like that. The to 80s be. sex scene montage they had in the first one. Beautiful. That's <laughs> so good. Just fucking a werewolf. Like what are you doing? Uh, it's it, yeah. And the the whole tagline behind another wolf cop is it's more. Like, you wanted more right. this, you wanted more that, you wanted more this. Like, it's more everything that you liked in the original Wolf Cop. Another Wolf Cop has more of it. That's, Whatever that's, that is, yeah. there is more. Yeah, that's it. Except for Kevin Smith. There's more Kevin Smith, and I'm not sure I asked for more Kevin Smith. No, I don't, uh, we definitely didn't do that here. But <laughs> but I will say, if I have to see Kevin Smith show up in a genre property, Wolf Cop's probably the one he should be in. Oh, for sure. You know, and I, and I yeah, he fits right at home, right? right. His sense of you. And I, I like Kevin Smith. I do, too. I do, too. He just... He just made me so sad with his last couple of horror films, quote unquote. Yeah, same here. I'm a, I'm a fan though. But I do think he, I, I do think he'd fit right in with this yeah. whole production. And thing. I think he mean, I think he does mean well for the genre. Yeah, it's just you know, hopefully he stays in long enough to to, to find what really is going to work. No, he doesn't give a fuck about that. Nah, he surely doesn't. He, I, wish he, I wish he would, though. Yeah, right? yeah, I wish he gave a fuck. <laughs> would be, would be <laughs> he could learn something. Maybe he did learn something from another wolf cop. Wouldn't that be something? This is how it goes. Let's keep going. Let's keep rolling more trailers, one, man. One, one more thing. One more thing. Oh, uh, on another Wolf Cop 
Cock. Another wolf. Well, cock. that is actually <laughs> accurate. That is not misspeak. Very true. Uh, another wolf cop. We did get a new trailer. We did still not get a release date. Yeah, uh, if you want to read more about it, uh, our own Megan Navarro was at Fantastic Fest last September. She wrote a review all about it. Not sure what's taking so fucking long, um, but uh, with the release of the trailer, I'd say we're pretty close. And always spoiler free, so don't don't As fret always. going over there. Yep, go check it out. Uh, one that we saw the bare bones, like the building block of, at Knoxville Horror Film Fest last year. And I believe me and Luke immediately looked at it. She goes, yep, that'll be a, a feature. Yeah. Uh, a feature much sooner than I anticipated. Same. A feature, though, I will say. And that is a movie called Polaroid. Yeah. Uh, Lars Klebberg or something, I believe, is what is his name? It's it's crazy. He's the drummer for Metallica, I think. <laughs> so he's not. He's, he's way cooler than that, <laughs> Lars. Uh, I- anyway, uh, yeah, we watched this uh, We watched this short film at Knoxville Horror Film Festival, and I think we had a little bit of dissension between me, you, Chad, and uh, Chris Crumb that was there with us as well. And uh, I was like, yeah, that's going to be a feature film. And they're like, no, yeah. this should be like, no, I'm not saying that it's going to be a good feature film. <laughs> I'm just saying that I look at this quality and I see a guy that is ready. Like he is ready to make a feature film. He knows what to do. Uh, and I obviously wasn't the only person that thought that. We weren't the only people that thought that because uh, less than a year later, we have a trailer for the feature film version of the movie. And um, very similar in the way that we wondered, like, how the fuck are you going to take lights out and make that a feature mm-hmm. film and extrapolate that over yep. 90 minutes? Uh, I had the same questions about Polaroid. <laughs> sure. And I'll be honest, they having seen the trailer for Polaroid now, they went a route that I wasn't necessarily expecting. Yeah, it's... Almost disappointing. I'm not gonna lie to you. Sure, because I, I I actually really enjoyed the short. I thought it was fun. Yeah. I thought it knew exactly what it was doing. It fit the little whatever kind of subgenre you want to throw it in perfectly. Um, you know the the creepy camera shit. Japanese people love that. It oh, had yeah. that kind of good feel to it. And they did via lights out have kind of an homage moment to the short in the trailer at yep. least. So the film's got it. But this weird other direction is very. Uh, not even popcorn horror. It's very bubblegum yes. horror. And I think that's fair to say. Uh, I don't know if that's what I wanted from this. No, nah, it's definitely not what I wanted from this. Uh, so, again, we, 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 we you just referenced uh, J-horror J type creepy cameras. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this isn't Japanese. It just happens to have a creepy camera inside right. of it. Uh, but it seems to play more by Western rules. Uh, a la like a final destination almost where uh, yes yeah there's like you've been you've been marked for death and if you try to do something like once once that person dies that marker is going to move over to the next person in the photograph very familiar uh, I guess the twist here is that if you try to I don't know punch someone in the photograph in the head the person in the photograph in real life gets punched in the head the photograph becomes a weird voodoo doll yeah yeah that's yeah that's the best way to put it really so in the trailer uh, they try to light the photograph on fire and then one of the girls fucking combusts in the flames surprise so yeah so um i mean cool i guess uh, it does look okay uh, but like you said, this is a, probably a notch below popcorn to bubble gum. Yeah, I, I think. And they do this weird thing in the trailer, which obviously is in the movie that a lot of horror films that are in this bubbly gummy world kind of do where they somehow Scooby Doo figure out yeah. how this fucking thing works. Like, how did you get from just like weird shit was happening that I can't explain to fuck? It's the pictures. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Come no. on. I mean, because we were just talking about this in The Wish Upon. Like, right. the, the Asian guy is like, my grandfather knows a Shaolin monk that had the exact same thing happen. Let's go check out his fucking diaries. He's got him in the garage. <laughs> For sure. Like, like that, like, no. Like, if this crazy shit started happening to me and you and I just got a new camera on Craigslist, we wouldn't be like, dude, Dave got crushed by a fucking boulder. <laughs> it's probably that fucking camera, that dude. Camera. <laughs> like, no. Like, that's not where this leads, typically. Yeah. 15 years later, maybe we figure it out, but right. we're not figuring it out in a month. Yeah, or a couple of days. Yeah, like it's the fucking the, a week, probably. Yeah, so, um, I don't know. It's just all so goddamn implausible. Um, it's all just so goddamn pretty. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. You brought that up. That's part of my uh, thing, because I felt like, you, you know, the, the short had that very Nordic kind of mm-hmm. eye, and that is gorgeous, did, and that yeah, goes yeah. a long way, and this does not have that anymore. It does not have that same aesthetic. No. That is disappointing. Yeah, that was what was cool about the short is it had that Nordic eye, but it was, I don't know. Just, it was that, but with like a J-horror, but with like yeah, some it, other things. It was something different. Yeah, it was this amalgamation. Uh, and now this, this feature is not different. It is very much the same as what you would expect to see uh, in, in, the, in theaters. So, But I'm excited for Lars. Good for him. It's always awesome. Somebody oh, yeah. go from the world of shorts to features to maybe going on to something better. Yeah, I mean, look at David F. Sandberg. Absolutely. Uh, he went from the lights out short to the lights out feature, uh, which varying degrees of success there uh, on to some really cool shit that he's doing now. So this this is the stepping stone that this guy needs to take in order to be something. For sure. In order to do the original shit that we know he obviously has the capability of doing. Now, of note, I will like to throw out is uh, Javier Botet, the, uh-huh. uh, the the weird skinny guy with the weird jerky kind of motions. Yep. Um, what am I thinking of? Mama. Uh, yes. The, the, the guy from The Conjuring 2. All the, that. The he's man. in here. Yeah, the crooked man. He's in here. Uh, and I'm guessing he's the weird demon monster because that's the only role for him. <laughs> yeah, he's not the math teacher. No, he's like, certainly not. Yeah. And so that's a scary ass math teacher. So, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not excited for this, and that's a bummer because whenever I was watching the short at festival, I was like, "Yep, yeah, this is probably gonna yeah. be big." I mean, I love the short. Uh, I'm probably still gonna watch this one just because I want to see how it plays out, but I'm also not that excited. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm going to watch it. Well, sure. I feel you. I feel you. You know something that we're going to watch? Everyone's going to watch, even if they hate watching it, because I know some of you fuckers are going to hate watching <laughs> and that. And talk about social media conversations. That is the cult of Chucky. Oh, yeah. Dude. Okay. So let's start off with this, right? Okay. I didn't know how much everyone on the planet loved Chucky until this trailer dropped. I mean. Like, where was all this love, like, for the past, like, decade or like where was all this love whenever curse of Chucky came out, you know, which was a cool ass Chucky movie. Uh, I just feel like now more than ever, like the social media hive, like when something quote unquote big happens, um, like it's just cool to jump on it and everyone's loving. Oh, I fucking love Chucky. Um, Trailer looks good. Trailer yeah. looks good. I mean, I can, I can understand it cause I've not been excited for a child's play slash Chucky movie in probably a decade you can use the yeah. word decade at this point yeah. right uh i'm also not one that said i've been like the biggest chucky fan for those years either but i will say i was not excited going into this trailer but i pressed play and by god by the time it was done i was like that's a fucking child's play movie right Fuck yeah. right absolutely <laughs> Uh, so to be fair, I mean, just sort of my history with Child's Play, uh, I, I used to watch the original one all the time at my grandma's house, uh, watch the second one a whole bunch too, watch the third one the most out of all of them. Really? And well, I, know, I guess so. It's got that kind of weird excitement going yeah, to it. Yeah, I guess. So I would wear that shit out. So I know on social media, a lot of people, some people that I usually share the same opinions with, uh, it seems like Child's Play 3 is the one to shit on. 
Like, uh, yeah, like yeah. a lot. Universally, I feel like, yes. Why would you not shit on bride and seed instead? <laughs> I, mean, I feel like maybe they just don't even consider those. Those are like just not even existed. Because I mean, that's what confuses me. Like as much as I loved one, two and three, bride was funny. I sure. guess seed was just atrocious. Um, bride of Chucky two was okay. <laughs> oh, uh, damn it! Inside jokes. Yep. yep. Uh, and anyway, uh, I, I just I, I was so happy whenever Curse of Chucky came out. Watched it, and it, it sort of does this weird thing with the timeline where it interjects itself in between three and uh, Bride. I've still got to watch it. Oh, uh, you haven't seen it yet? I still haven't. So done you it. you so you have to see it because the the lead character in uh, Cult of Chucky is a Fiona Duroff. That's Brad Duroff's daughter, the voice of Chucky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so cool little. That's fine. Nod there. Yeah, that's super fun. Um, but she's actually the girl in Cult of Chucky that goes in the mental institution. Okay. So this is a direct sequel to Curse of Chucky. Okay. Uh, and wouldn't you know it, another familiar face hops up in this bitch, and that is uh, Andy Barkley. The, For sure. The, the original kid the from- guy. Like, yeah, the original kid from Child's Play, uh, one, two, and maybe three. I think three. I think uh, three as well. Yeah, I think so. Uh, shows up in this, like the character, Andy Barkley, is there trying to bust her out of this thing because they're trying to convince her that all of the shit that you saw uh, while this doll was murdering everyone that you love, it was all in your head, you know? And he's kind of trying to come in. He's like, no, no, you're not crazy. Like, this same shit happened to me for like 20 years. <laughs> like, like I've, I've been there. It just wouldn't fucking stop. <laughs> Where was my Scooby-Doo gang? Right. You know, uh... There is a Miss Tilly does show up at some point. Bums me out. Yeah, me too. And I'm hoping that maybe that's all she is. Is like this fun little nod to the other movies. So I forget because I don't I don't like Bride. Uh, but the reason that Miss Tilly came into the picture in Bride wasn't it because her and Charles Lee Ray had like a thing in the past? Yeah, I think so. And then like they did the weird ritual and popped right. her into the fucking right. other doll. So body. it would make sense that her as a human out. would be in this. Yeah. I just, I just want her to be in passing. Yeah, me too. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just not a Jennifer Tilly fan. I mean, she's fine, I guess. It's just like everything but that moment in that trailer felt really good, really solid. Like you know, like one and two for sure. Right. That was the one moment that threw it back to you know the bride. Yeah, just a reminder that we don't want to be reminded of. Like, yeah, right. like, let us forget. I was for, I had forgot, yeah. and then you reminded me. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of people don't like the aesthetic of Chucky. What do you? How do you feel? I was just going to ask you about that. So I, I, no, do, I asked you first. Fuck. Uh, fuck. <laughs> so uh, I, I do think it's interesting. Uh, a lot of people on the last uh, on the curse was like, oh, what looks better? At least it's not a bunch of CGI like uh, on the curse Chucky. But uh-huh. actually, it wasn't CGI. It's just kind of like a crooked man scenario again where uh, I think we over or or underestimate how far animatronics have come uh, in 30 years (laughs) you know I mean mean, think about how far your cell phone has come in just the last decade like uh, what they can do with these mechanical puppets is just fucking incredible now Uh, but do you go too far sometimes like the crooked man where people think you're CG when actually you're not you're man made (laughs) Um, I, I think I think it rides a good line here uh, yeah. now, now there there was some uh, CGI enhancements I think in Curse wherever uh, like when the mouth would move and stuff like sure. that uh, that was CGI enhanced but um, never enough to take me out of the, out of the out of the moment and I actually like the way it looks here even more I, I like it a lot at first I was a little like in my initial gut was a little off put just because it was very smooth like in the face very mm-hmm. smooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, I don't know, for whatever reason, that wasn't how I remembered. And I was like, yeah. But as the trailer went on, I was like, no, no, this actually works 
well. This is perfect almost. Yeah. Uh, he gets his little evil face on. It feels right. I mean, like I was transported back to being a kid watching the original Child's Play while watching this trailer. And I was, fuck it, dude. I, I think the aesthetic's great. I think it's going to work well. Different enough to kind of be its own thing, but yeah. still similar enough. And to be fair, like uh, the the sterile look of it. I mean, most of this takes place in a hospital, like in a very sterile environment. So the fact that he's clean and overly um, just... And I'm not even sure yeah. he's supposed to be an actual good guy doll. I think maybe he might be like some kind of like replica good guy doll that he that doctor's using for this specific yeah. purpose. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But what, who cares, really, right? Yeah. Who cares? One thing that got brought up was was how the fuck is this doll so clean still? Sure. Like, it's been through so much. Like, it's <laughs> it's literally been, been like burnt. burnt, thrown in a fucking, like, chipper and melted and, like, put <laughs> back together. Um, but it lives on, and now it's cleaner than it has ever been. Um, you know, I, part of me does wonder, though, and I think this would be shitty, but also kind of cool maybe sure. i don't know um what if they're in this mill institution and it really is all in their head that would be fun what if they really are just crazy that, man ooh, so many people would be pissed off yeah. i mean it wouldn't make sense for the the the, the, the previous movies because people sure. have died and stuff like that or maybe they show some montage back in the day of andy you know, andy's the pushing, fucker pushing yeah. his fucking babysitter out the window and stuff like who, who knows devil child people would be furious though i mean i guess we could talk it away though like Evil magical forces, man, just resurrect this fucking doll. I mean, we watched a goddamn documentary of little girls stabbing another girl because the Slender Man told them to do it. Well, that's I mean, for sure, right? This is not outside the realm of possibility. <laughs> that's some weird, ch- and it's not outside the realm of possibility that black magic demons resurrect a, a plastic doll. There you go. I mean, have you seen what those guys can do? <laughs> <laughs> just like your cell phone and animatronics, black magic has come a long way in the last thirty years. A long way in the last thirty centuries, man. I mean, let's get real right now. This fuckers aren't idle down there <laughs> i'm excited i i so surprised that in my uh, adult life i would ever say i'm excited for another child's play so slash cool Chucky movie it's so cool like it looks cool it looks it looks to be everything like you said that we would want in a in a new child's play slash chucky movie and it comes out in october the perfect timing. So we've uh-huh. got Ritual, we've got Child's Play, uh, we've got Leatherface. A yeah. lot of the movies that we've talked about on today's show, is th- they're coming out within the next few months. Like, this is crazy. And we didn't disagree on as many as I thought. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were kind of hashtag calibrated. Yeah, hashtag calibrated. Uh, was there anything else you'd like to talk about in this news feed, sir? Because that's all I've got for us. No, as far as uh, like stuff that we're going to talk about here, not really. I would say just uh, stay tuned on modernhorrors.com. The Fantasia 2017 Film Festival kicks off on July 13th. Uh, we have been lucky enough to cover almost every single movie that strikes our fancy there. Uh, so we're going to have a shit ton of reviews posted on the website in the next few weeks. Uh, so keep it keep it locked over there just to see what's going to come out over the next year, maybe two, uh, that you guys should be excited for. All right. That was it then, man. Cool. All right. So we're going to go ahead and take our first break. Whenever we get back, we're finally going to talk about IFC Midnight's <laughs> Killing Ground, which uh, we're getting a little bit ahead on this one, but we had nothing else to talk about. comes out on July 21st. So when it drops on July 21st, should you be the first to cue that shit up and watch it? Find out as soon as we get back after this right now. All right, Jacob, everyone knows, you know it, I know it, everybody knows it. Everybody. (laughs) Uh, Australia is not the kind of place you want to be fucking around in. I mean, they 
Australia was founded by a bunch of people that the British hoped would all die, and they just fucking didn't. <laughs> so, like, they sent them to the worst place they could imagine, and those motherfuckers built a thriving civilization. That- you don't fuck around in Australia. <laughs> uh, so, uh, should you choose to go camping in Australia, you could almost guarantee that some bad shit's gonna go down, and we've seen it happen before. We've seen it happen in Charlie's Farm. Uh, we've seen crazy shit happen on their highways with lemon tree passage. Um, I'm not sure that we've seen the quote-unquote, uh, I don't know, was Eden Lake Australian? Oh, no, eh, no, I think it was UK. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was UK. Either way, uh, I digress. Uh, Killing Ground follows a couple that decides they're going to go and uh, have a romantic stretch of days in the wilderness of Australia. Um, Seems dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Well, you take away all the external threats that come later on in the movie. I wouldn't do it. No. I wouldn't do it. it. You know, there was a point in the movie where there's a girl just sleeping outside of a tent on the ground. And yeah. I'm like... Aren't there, like, puppy-sized spiders and super deadly fucking snakes that melt your insides instantaneously out there? Like gator sharks? Just, like, come out of the fucking water and eat your ass up? Right, you can't trust the kittens out there. Like, what the... Girl, get inside the tent! Yeah. Uh, anyway, this couple decides they're going to go out onto the, the onto the lake. They're going to have a nice little romantic getaway. Uh, when they get out there, they realize there's a, a pretty close uh, tent popped up next to theirs. But, you know, they're not really bothering nah, anybody. So it. we're going to do our thing. They can do their thing. Whatever. Uh, now, of course, shit goes south. Some guys uh, come out. And they start fucking with him. It comes this little cat and mouse game. And the whole thing is very unoriginal f- as far as like a uh, survival sort of tale. Sure. Now, where it differentiates itself is its timeline. And I didn't really understand its timeline. I didn't really understand what I was watching when I was watching Killing oh, okay. Ground until about 40 minutes in. Oh, okay. Am I alone there? No, you are alone. Okay. <laughs> it's interesting, but it's funny though, because I had made a mental note of that. And I was like, are we going back? The first time it did, I was like, are we going back in time? And sure enough, we were. And then I was like, at about 30 minutes of that, I was like, I, there's going to be some people who are going to be thrown off by this. I was thrown off by Because it, it yeah. doesn't do anything to announce itself. No. I mean, it seamlessly cuts from uh, present present to past yeah. very seamlessly. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think it came to a point where I was like, okay, well, this couldn't possibly have happened without, <laughs> without. Yeah. That. They, would, they would have seen it. Yeah. Like that, that would be impossible. And I was like, oh, I know what's going on here. I see what you And that's, we're not, we're not spoiling shit right now. No, I, no. I just think that was like an, uh, a sloppy kind of way to have that sort of timeline, to be honest. Uh, interesting or, or, way. or did you like it? I liked it. Interesting way to do it for sure. Um, but you do take a risk for to by losing the audience uh, when you do it that way because it's very clean. Because normally there's some kind of weird, maybe very subtle kind of cut or transition yeah. or something. This is very, very clean. Uh, whoever edited those sections did a spectacular job. Agreed. Uh, to the point of confusion for some people. Yeah. No, no, I, I agree. And I said sloppy a minute ago. That's probably not the best word. Uh, but like you said, confusing perhaps is, is, is the best Yeah, and I understood what you meant by sloppy. It's just... Uh, uh, yeah, unclear. Yeah. Uh, so th- that being said, uh, you, you're kind of this this movie's sort of following two different families uh, doing yeah. two different things, being impacted by the same group of individuals, uh, which at its core, that's kind of a cool idea that takes this formulaic approach that we've seen over and over and over again. and sort of adds just a ripple that's just enough to add this layer of intrigue that got me interested. Yeah, because with the, the one family that's from the past it, it's kind of like setting you up for the possibilities that's going to happen to the current couple that we have in the present. Yeah. Um, and 
you, you I mean, you, you kind of know what film you're watching, so you're not really surprised that any of this is a possibility. But sure. I guess there's that suspense, I suppose, that will that happen right. to the present family? Because the, 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 the family in the present, you, you clearly know, is going to be kind of our uh, protagonist. The, so yeah, the focal point of this right. particular story. If you That's know. where the conflict will come in. Yeah. Uh, so what, what, how did you feel about our threats in this one? Uh, just our characters? As yeah. Far? Uh, not as stereotypical as I thought they were going to be. Still very stereotypical, mm-hmm. um, but not almost cartoonish, which yeah. I kind of appreciated. Not the, yeehaw, we're going to kill them type, right, type right. thing. I will say, you know, they are clearly supposed to be backwoods, yep. rough guys that like to drink and shoot shit. Yep. Which, holy shit, did you see that they were drinking in a can, bourbon and cola already mixed in a can? Uh, no, I didn't notice that. I was like, excuse me? Well, that's why they're fucking crazy. Right? Why can I not get that over here? Or maybe <laughs> maybe we can get that over here and I just don't know about it. Uh, or maybe it makes you do the <laughs> kind of shit that they were doing. You know, I, I'm kind of played out on that whole scenario, to be honest with you. Yeah, I am too. Uh, I've seen the scenario done a thousand times before, and uh, what, the 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 selling point on this one for me was uh, how brutal it was, like how how sure. how intense this is going to be. Uh, at least that's what I kept hearing at a festival. That's what I kept seeing in pull quotes and trailers and shit. Um, so that's what I was waiting on the entire time. And like, look, I get it. Like when the, when the parts of the movie happened, I was like, okay, well, that's what they were talking about. Right. But to me personally, I don't give a fuck. Like that's not that's not that jarring or like brutal or like crazy. Uh, and in fact, I think they take so many turns throughout this movie that some of them I think unintentionally borderline on the comical. Okay. I mean, it can get a little silly for sure. I it's a lot of implied violence, which sometimes works better. But the problem for me on this was, is that's played out. Because that was almost like what this entire movie hinges on, is look at all the bad, brutal shit that we have happen in our movie. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't, whoop-de-woo for me. And none of that shit really happens until we're at the 45-minute mark or so. Yeah. And uh, even when it does happen, like you said, like it's like, oh, that's it? Yeah. Like, I was really expecting like a, a more aggressive... Uh, climax, and I, I don't feel like I got that. I got plenty of twists and turns, some of which I was surprised by, uh, and others of which, again, I'll say, like, some like made me laugh. I was like, "That's funny," um, but you know, I'm I'm, gonna, I'm I'm fucked up, so maybe sure. everyone mileage may vary on that. Well, I got, I started to get annoyed a little bit, uh, which is started off and it was fine. At about the hour mark, I'm starting to get annoyed. I'm now pretty bored with it. By the end of it, I was like, just just. Stop. Just make the movie end. Yeah. And that's not that's not the feeling you want at the end of a film. Especially one that's let me backtrack and say some nice things because there are a lot of nice things I want to say about it. Especially for a film that looks this fucking good. Yeah, it's a nice looking movie. Good looking movie. I think it's edited very nicely. Acted very Uh, well. Acted superbly. Um and then like you said, there's a few little twists that do keep it a little different, but Dude, mm. as far as I'm concerned, uh, Eden Lake is the gold standard for survival horror movies. Uh, period. It, it's being outdoors, I thought that was more brutal. In the wilderness, infinitely more brutal. Eden Lake was, uh, and that's what I'm looking for. In this, like, if I if I'm going into a movie uh, where people, the, the sole purpose of the movie, uh, and you're made aware of this in the trailer, in the synopsis, and everything else, and all of the marketing materials, is to watch this couple get tortured and uh, terrorized by this group of men. 
then give me some fucking torture and terror. Like, I'm, I'm like, not to sound like a fucking sick, twisted bastard, but like, if that's what you're selling to me, fucking deliver it, right? And I didn't really get that. No, you don't. Well, I mean, you get implied that. You do. So, I mean, the the violence in this movie reminded me more, or at least the climactic spots of this movie, sure. reminded me more of Craven's original Last House on the Left. Exactly the feeling I had as well. And that's, I think that's exactly the vibe they're going for. Yeah, and that's not a bad feeling, but that's not what we were made to think this movie was going to be. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Marketing a little off. Because there, there were moments, it, it, it was very reminiscent of Craven's original Last House on the Left. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, how many movies of that do I need? And if I, if you are going to do it, make it different. Yeah. And there wasn't enough different here. Um, other than the fact that it's in fucking Australia. Right. I mean, you know, there, there's some funny, there are, you know, I'm thinking back now, there are some funny moments like uh, Lug Nuts. Lug Nuts apparently are the greatest enemy oh. of, of all time. Yeah, this yeah. homeboy cannot deal with Lug Nuts. <laughs> um, Stand on that motherfucker. Do something, you know? Maybe like crank it up a little bit, then try it again. Crank it back down so you get some pressure. Try Anything again. else. Other I don't than know. Like change a tire, bro. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, and did you, I, I, kind of cringed at the first because I forgot we were in Australia, the land of backwardness. Uh-huh. And I was like, bitch, is that oh, going to come straight my truck. Yes. I did the same thing. I was like, bitch, you got to move. Yeah, I was like, honk a horn, motherfucker. Yeah. I was like, that's going to be the killer. He's in the truck. And then I was like, oh, everybody's driving on the wrong side of the right. fucking road. We're just in Australia. That's so funny you thought the same <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, I thought dude. he was like, are we going to fucking go head to head with this tractor trailer truck right now? Because they're having a conversation so I could have easily seen that, you know, he's not paying attention yeah. to the road. But nope. I'm glad we I'm glad we were on the same page with missed some opportunity. Right. Missed uh, opportunity. Uh, another, I mean, I, we say that one in jest, but I mean this one. Uh, there, there is a shot where uh, our, our main lady character is walking uh, towards homeboy, trying to. I don't want to give. I don't want to paint the scene too much. Here. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but you see some shit happening in the background behind her, and I'm like. Oh, this could be dope. Oh, yes, I, I was like, exactly I was like, about. this could be really cool and unexpected. Nah, not really. That's exactly the moment I got hyped because yeah. I had that same moment too. I was like, they're about to pull the wool over my yeah, eyes and yeah. fuck with me. And I was super stoked because it I was too. awesome. Yeah. And then like you say, it's not what you think it might be or hoping it could be or any right. of that stuff. What a great fucking shot. Like mm-hmm. somebody watched that. Take that concept, trick me. Yeah. However, you got to trick me, and then do that. Because, do it again. Yeah, because that's gonna be because awful. because I was like, oh, okay, this this is why people are talking because yeah. I'm about to get hoodwinked on this yeah, shit. Yeah, it's me. Um, I, I like sat down and got super comfortable. I'm like, we about to do some shit. Yeah, but no, <laughs> no, it wasn't. I also like there was a line, um, and I, I specifically remember this where they're talking about a therapy to help one of the girls with nightmares. Uh huh. And the dad goes. That sounds American. Oh, uh, yeah, I yeah. fucking loved it. Yeah, that was, that was, <laughs> like, that was good. That was fucking good. soft pussy shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds American. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know, man. Uh, if if I were to write up a review on this one, I think I still might uh, as we get closer to release. Uh, this feels like a solid six to me. Yeah, probably so because it is beautiful. I think it's acted well. Yeah. The editing, all that stuff is good. Technically, it is a very sound movie. Oh, yeah. Just story-wise, I am bored to tears. I don't need to see this one again. Um, that that story being told again. And this is like, like I said, I, ch- I checked out. Well, if you are going to tell it again, then then deliver on your variable. Deliver on your X factor. And, and if, if your X factor is violence, then bring the fucking violence. Yeah. Yeah. Or something. I, I want my violence to be a little more original. Like, I'm kind of over, like, the weird rape torture kind of sure, thing. Sure. Being, like, the... 
the hinge. Yeah. Because a lot of ways, I feel like Craven went ahead and hit it way back in the day. And yeah. then, like, there's really no need to come back to it again unless you're doing something original like Landmine Goes Click, which sure. case we kind of do it again. But now we've got something different happening. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm with you there. To be honest, I could... I. I could watch the scenario dozens of more times uh, as, as long as you bring something interesting. Maybe you bring that supernatural sort of twist. Sure. Maybe you maybe you do something like that and it, it, it sort of re- gives you a shot in the arm. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, this was a little killing ground was a little too much of the same for me. Yeah, uh, overall, I'm going to say this is an easy skip, even though it's a wonderfully made movie from a technical san- standpoint. I just don't think. You're going to get any originality uh, your money's worth with that kind of story. Yep. Uh, it's IFC Midnight. They've got a very close relationship with Netflix. Wait a couple months. You'll watch it for free there. That's all I got. Yep. If you if you want to. Right? Yeah, if you want to. That's the thing. Yeah. Hey, if you got nothing else to do, if this is really your jam, uh, or if you just want to watch it for, you know, pretty pictures. Yeah. And I guess some people could be shocked about it. I mean, I guess you're there will be. Yeah. I mean, but I don't think any of our genre fans will be shocked. Yeah, I don't think so either, especially if you're listening to this show. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that was Killing Ground Two. two probably can misses over here. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and uh, we're, we're just now in an hour. That was a pretty quick review. It was. Uh, so let's figure out something to do in round number three. And uh, we'll get into that as soon as we get back after this right now. So we're going to do things a little bit different, um, not just because we're lazy as fuck and decided we didn't want to put in the effort towards uh, coming up with a game. But mostly. That's a big part of it. Uh, but most importantly, uh, the internet done went mad uh, over the last few days over this new, I guess I'll use that term loosely, uh, type of horror called post-horror. Which I'm still not sure if I understand what the fuck it's supposed to mean. But uh, it's weird because I woke up and, you know, I was like, I'm just going to see what all my Twitter peeps are doing this morning. And everyone's flipping the fuck out on post. Yeah. And I'm like, the hell did I like you had that Rip Van Winkle moment? Like, what the hell did I miss while I slept? You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, so I, I uh, granted, I don't get I'm not the type of guy that gets worked up over this shit. I'm not the type of guy that gets worked up really about anything. Uh, so before I knew that the internet went crazy, I read this piece. I forget where it debuted first on, uh, do you have, was it the guardian that had it first? Uh, I'm seeing on the guardian. I feel like I saw a variety article. Am I, am I mistaken in that? I don't pay attention. to. I don't either. I, for, for sure. The guardian though, for okay. sure. The guardian. So basically this guy was, uh, going on and on about how, well, I, I can relate how, how modern horror movies are sort of having this renaissance as of right now. Um, but instead of just calling them horror movies, he went on this sort of um, get on this soapbox a little bit. Right. And just got sort of uh, egotistical and really narcissistic almost in, in talking about movies like The Witch and um, uh, It Comes at Night. Comes at night yeah. uh, just just these new uh, this new like me and Jacob say all the time, this new breed of horror movie that's coming out. Uh, which we like very much. We have built an entire fucking website uh, and genre publication around this. Uh, but he called it quote unquote post horror and had all of these arguments around it that really made it feel more like horror movies still suck. Uh, but these these ones in particular that I like are good because they're elevated. Yeah. Check out this except the exceptions over here. Yeah. Right. 
That's such a weird art. And I think that's why everybody got mad, right? If he had just wrote, like, hey, these new guys, there's a, there's a section of new guys who are elevating the genre. It's yeah. fucking good. I think everyone would have been like, fuck yeah, somebody gets it. Somebody understands what the hell we've been talking about right now. Yeah. But instead, he takes the route you say, which is an unusual route, a very provocative route. And maybe that's the, the point of it. Sure. He's, a, he's I mean, it's just a job to fucking elicit a reaction. And to right? get fucking clicks and views. And by God, he did. Job uh, accomplished. Job well done, sir. But it's weird because no one else says this about other genres. Right. You know, like, um, God, what was that Casey Affleck movie that uh, did really good? Oscars and all that shit. It was supposed to be super depressing. Ghost Story. No, 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 no. It was uh, this last year's Oscars. I can't think of what it was called. Manchester by the Sea or something? Oh, like yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, yeah. No one's like, oh, fucking elevated uh, drama, post-drama right. or something, you know? It's or like, the ride-along no. too fucking elevates comedy <laughs> as we know it's it. Post-comedy. You know? yeah, yeah, post-comedy, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it just, you know, it's just a different... Somebody has a different vision for right. the genre. Sometimes someone comes along and makes a comedy that's better than the other comedies that are coming out right now. It's so fucking weird. And I don't understand why horror always takes the brunt of this. Like, why can't you just accept that there are filmmakers and actors and writers and people who enjoy the genre who want to see it do something other than spooky bump? Right. Instead of throwing this pretentious label on it uh, that makes it somewhat cooler because like, like, no, you can just go to a horror movie. It's fine. Yeah, it's good. Do it. Yeah, do it's, it. it's try okay. it. It's try okay. it out. <laughs> Give it one go. Just try it right now. Say it's okay four. to like a horror movie. It's fine. We won't shun you. No one else will shun you either. And you know what I hate the most about it though is it. it I tr I don't want to be that elitist horror douchebag, and it brings that out in me a little bit. Yeah. On the opposite end of the spectrum though, because I'm like, it's just a fucking horror movie, dude. Just say it. Yeah, and I um. You know, again, as I was reading it, I didn't know. I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't care about shit like this. I, just, I, I at my core, I, I do not care. Um, so a lot of the arguments that this guy was making, I agreed with. Like I, I like I, 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 all in all, the article's good. Yeah, like I agreed with a lot of stuff that he was saying. You just had to put it up in this wrapper of being like something new and different. Like, like really, like nah. Actually, some of those movies, like we're, that's not the best of the best, really. Like. Like well, it comes just the ones you noticed. Yeah, like it comes at night was you know pretty cool. Like so, so was I mean, I didn't like the witch, but a lot of people decided that they liked the witch. Uh, but even he was like acting like liking the witch was like some some act of charity. He said like everyone hated the witch. Yeah, he literally says and took everyone the mainstream audience took the Twitter and said worst movie ever. I don't recall seeing that unless he's quoting modern whores and he's only <laughs> quoting the members of modern whores that you're hearing their voices right, right. now. Because everyone else on the website fucking loves it. Everybody else in the entire world, I feel like, loves it. Me and Luke are on the tiniest of islands when it comes to the witch. Right. Now, when we talk about, like, you know, little Jimmy and Judy from high school sneaking in to watch a horror movie, sure. yeah, they were probably just a little bit disappointed. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, the, the time time to fuck out. Not enough witch. Maybe that means we have the same mentality of Jimmy and Judy I, from high school. Jimmy and Judy are very intelligent for their age. <laughs> <laughs> they go against the flow. They swim <laughs> against the current. Go. I mean, how else are they sneaking into the movie theater? Like, there you go. Fucking Ocean's Eleven shit happening right now. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, all in all, it, it doesn't bother me. I uh, I understand why people thought it was pretentious because it is pretentious. But I don't know, man. Like it's 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 not a crime to like horror. It's not. Nah, and I didn't get that twisted either. But I just I think 
so much good could have come from this article had he just done things a little differently. Yeah, like like uh, in, instead of every other uh, fucking byline being horror is dead, how about like horror is reborn? Check out these three awesome titles that are blah blah blah. Like you can still have your clickbait title, you can still have all that stuff. But instead of like being like, well, this genre sucks, but here's this new thing that I'm coining right now that is better than everything else. Um, like, why not just say like horror lives instead? Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not mistaken. Somewhere in here, he's talking about how horror's the, the highest grossing genre, and it's having its best. It is. Ever. It is. Like, dive into that a little bit, then, man. Like, talk about why that is. I mean, granted, these movies you're pointing out did fucking gangbusters at the box office, but. You know, there's other things happening here, dude. Like, dive into it. Do some, like, you've got an interesting article. Do some work on it. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, I was I was having a conversation on Twitter with someone. I forget who it was, so my bad. Fuck you. But uh, they were they were saying, like, I think it was whenever the Letterface came, uh, article came out. Okay. And uh, they're like, well, if it's not going to theaters, that means it sucks, basically, was his oh, argument. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, nah, man, like, you, you'd be surprised. He was like, well, if they don't want to, like, if they don't have the faith in it or whatever. And I was like, well, it, like we were just talking about a minute yeah. ago when we were talking about Shit's Letterface. expensive. Yeah, it's fucking expensive, man. And, like, more often than not... Man, I think I have my arguments mixed up on this one. Okay, that's fine. They were they were asking like, why wouldn't you put wh- why why did, wouldn't you take it to theaters? Why why did the Mummy? Why did Universal uh, put the Mummy in theaters yes, and yes. not Cult of Chucky? Yeah, uh, and I agreed with him because because sure. he he said executives were clueless, and I was like, yeah, no, yeah, they for fucking sure. are because when you put the Mummy in theaters, you have a three hundred million dollar budget that you have to recoup, right? You're probably not going to, yeah. unless you're the Avengers and everyone and their fucking mother comes through and does it. But if you take a movie like Cult of Chucky, which who knew how many people were going to be excited about that, and you throw it in the theater, I mean that movie took what one maybe two million to make. Like if you have a Depends, shit, yeah. if you have a shitty opening weekend and you bring in fifteen million, oh my god, runaway success, absolutely. So like yeah, of course, like horror is having the best uh, renaissance ever or the best year ever because it's cheaper than ever to make movies. You've got these recognizable brands that you can throw out there, and uh, it, it's easy to make a lot of money off of them. And it's interesting you bring that up because if I'm not mistaken, I'm looking over this article very very quickly. He's just talking about theatrical horror. He's not even diving into like this this whole new landscape of VOD, which has got some super amazing products out there, yes. some amazing films. Uh, for the reasons you just mentioned, you you can skip that expense of going to the theaters. You don't have to, because that's the problem when you try to go to the theaters. You have, like, say, let's use the Mummy again. That has yeah. like a three hundred and plus million dollar budget with Tom Cruise and the the fucking nine, right? Everything that Hollywood could afford. It's in there. It's in the mummy. It's yeah. right there. But it's financed by a very small group of people. And you have to convince one of those people that this is interesting. And if they're not feeling horror or your very niche horror story, then fuck you. You're not getting any of my money. But hey, they see Tom Cruise. They see Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. The mummy, a very recognizable thing. Right. Where, you know, somebody pitched that we're going to revive the Universal right. Monsters. Oh, shit. Maybe this does have legs. It's quote unquote fucking terrifying right you know it's got legs do it well yeah yeah let's let's do that that's got theatrical success written all over it right but then and this guy he's he's no fucking genius to to draw the line but that movie is not gonna be nearly successful as something like it comes at night that has like a a a respectable marketing campaign behind it. i think it was really big on snapchat um it 
it makes its budget back up so many more times off mm-hmm. of what would could be considered a bad opening weekend for something like uh, anything else, really. For, for, yeah, anything else. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's uh, A24 is very good at this. They make a very clean product. Uh, they make interesting stories. But I don't know who like does the budget for their marketing stuff, but they've yeah. got somebody who's very clever oh, yeah. at uh, you know weighing the risk-reward so that they don't overstep their boundaries. Because a movie like The Mummy where you're like, you go to like Burger King or where the fuck you go and you right. get like the, the mummy cup. Right, like, right. Dude, just spending money left and right. Like nobody gave a fuck. They're just writing the check. Right. Uh, so a little checks and balances here, right? So I do, I am thinking, and we're going to kind of tangent off of Homeboy's article Let's for please a little do. bit. Uh, just because uh, I, I remember w- waiting for The Witch. I think we were all very excited oh, for The yeah. Witch, right? Because their marketing was on point. We got little glimpses here and there. Uh, I was a little bit let down by that. Uh, we we haven't talked about it comes at night on the podcast yet. Uh, I don't know if we will by the time you get around to watching. Sure. Maybe it's maybe it's too late. Uh, but I liked it. I wasn't the biggest fan of that one either, and I feel like that'll be a pretty unpopular opinion. Uh, Alex on the other side fucking loved it when he did his video review for the website. Uh, I, I wasn't quite there. So the the thing is, those two movies uh, had very clever marketing. Like you said, ATV really knew what they were doing there, uh, particularly with It Comes at Night, down to the point where some might call it misleading, right? Sure. Uh, and I think he brings that up in in, in, in his article he as well. He definitely does. Um, so I can understand why people would walk away upset there. Uh, but then you look at their other movie, my favorite movie that they've done, and that is Green Room. Oh, yeah. And Green Room had very little marketing behind it at all. And I feel like that's the best movie they've done so so far, but it wasn't like a quote unquote horror movie. So it also didn't see the success, uh, at least theatrically that, that the witch or that, uh, it comes at night, you know, realized. So I, I'm with you. Like if you, if you have this, this budget that you can, you know, maybe throw a million, two right. million, well, probably not even that much, 300,000, right, 400,000 yeah. at Snapchat to have this takeover. Uh, that makes a really big difference on how your movie does theatrical, especially when we've been talking about this whole episode. It's really hard and expensive to go to all these different screens. Um, oh, yeah. AT4's movies, that they, they typically have a uh, larger rollout than whenever we say limited re- theatrical release, but smaller than, say, A Mummy or something like that. So they're really, really smart about what they're doing and how they're doing it. Uh, it's just maybe misleading how they're doing it. A little bit. It's it's interesting, though, because I feel like A24 has their fingers on the pulse of modern audiences. Oh, yeah. And hence, they do go to things like you were saying, Snapchat takeovers and like Twitter campaigns and all these other little social media things that are in there. And I kind of feel like in this realm where everyone just kind of accepts clickbait yeah that in a lot of ways that's kind of how the marketing gets done a little that's clickbaity, you know yeah. um and so it's kind of surprising to me sometimes when people go and it's it, it kind of turns out to be like a little bit of a quote-unquote clickbait kind of synopsis that's like, interesting i mean that's kind of what that's kind of the world we live in at the moment yeah. So the good news is I don't think people really follow like who is distributing and producing movies the way that nah, most I mean, genre fans do. For sure. So I think A24 can really do that as many times as they want to. Yeah. Because it's not going to be like, oh, these are the guys that distributed those two movies that that tricked my ass. Right. <laughs> right. Like they're like, I'm not going to go watch this one. Like they can really do this as many times as they want to and keep making money. The problem is, too, even if everyone's became like uberly aware. I'm not sure I want to be that one guy who's like, eh, because they make such an 
an interesting product and such a beautiful product. Do you want to be the one guy that like naysays and like just misses out of the one movie that's fucking phenomenal? No, no, I don't. But th- this this derays um, a little bit why I'm so excited for Blumhouse's latest, The Happy Death Day. Because I think Blumhouse is another company that really has their finger on the pulse of modern movie audiences and quote unquote millennials or whatever you want to call them. Right. Um, and is delivering in a movie that I think is going to live up to what they're marketing it as. And it's impossible. I haven't seen the movie yet, but I feel like it's going to be impossible to miss the mark on that one because it is in that sweet spot of uh, horror without being bubblegum like we talked about yes. before. Yeah, even if it could just fall into popcorn horror. Yeah. Kind of like the Belko did. Belko yeah. experiment. The per- perfect. Perfect. Yes. And that was that was uh, Blumhouse as well, I it think. It was. That's yeah. why I brought that one up. I I would love to see them move in that direction. And then maybe occasionally tiptoe into something just a little more than that. Because uh, they've got one of the biggest budgets in horror, if not arguably the biggest budget outside of like a random somebody universal right. coming in and you just and slinging we, money. We've had phone calls with people that work at Blumhouse and they go in depth to how, how like how, how they have, I think it was like quote unquote scary, scary user analytics. <laughs> yes, you know, yes. They could go down to like tell you what, what color you drive, like what your tire pressure is. Like <laughs> right. it's like creepy shit that you don't know these companies have on you. Like we've had conversations where like, Oh yeah, we got that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Analytics for days. So yeah, once again, that goes back to a very smart group of people looking at the numbers, and that's right up your alley, Luke, oh, yeah. to like kind of fine tune and point what their movies are. And I think that sometimes that's why we are disappointed because they aren't taking crazy chances. They're they're looking at numbers and yeah. doing the safe thing. Yeah. Now, to their credit, that thing makes money every yeah. fucking time. But uh, when like you know this guy's article, when there's so many other good things, I would love to see somebody with the power of Jason Blum. To, to like take that. And I think that's why I like A24 so much. They, they seem to do that. Oh, they do. I mean, they're going to take a chance. Like they're going to take a chance on what they put out there, but they're not going to take a chance with putting asses in those seats. Like they're <laughs> going to get asses in those seats. Uh, even if that takes a little bit of uh uh, fuckery to do so, I think. Fuckery, I love well, it. No, no, I mean, I'm, and I don't, I mean, of course, I'm kind of saying that in a bad way, but I don't mean it that way. Like, uh, their their campaigns are very, very effective in getting people excited. Um, it comes at night is not what it was promised to be. It just isn't. You know who I'd like to see have a better campaign outside of the uh, festival circuit because I think they have a fantastic festival circuit campaign every time around, and that's Black Fawn. Yeah, like. Always home runs with their festival marketing and with the little things they do. And I mean, they just kind of make it special. And I get it. That's a that's a group that you can almost guarantee, you know, is going to support you in they're, some way. They're a family. They've got. Yes. I mean, not a, like a legitimate family, but like they, they it feels like it. For sure. And every member of that production team has their hands on every product that they oh, do. Absolutely. Um, so it's easy for them to do that as you grow and you and you scale and you get larger. It just becomes harder and harder to do that. But I agree. Like if they get to a point uh, where they're able to break out of the, you know, million dollar budget that they work with currently and, and do something on a wider scale. I think they could do something really cool if yeah, they had they a, got good ideas, man, if they had a distribution partner behind them, like that, that would allow them to do so. And that, that's the big problem. It's always a money game in the horror genre. That's always, we always talk about it. It always comes back to that. It always kills me. Uh, like this article says, horror is the biggest grossing. Like it makes the most money of any genre and then there's never any money for anybody in the genre to spend. It's right. fucking crazy. Like, what, what bums me out, and I'm not gonna, I'm not going to put anyone on blast here. Sure. Um, but it bums me out that one of my favorite horror movies that I watched in 2015. I loved this movie. Right. Uh, very talented filmmaker. I'm curious. And 
it bums me out that this guy works as a publicist that sends me PR emails because he doesn't make enough money making the horror movies that are fucking awesome. Like he has to have a side job that bums me the fuck out. Yeah. It's amazing how many of these guys who are cranking out consistently cranking out films have some sort of side job. Yeah. I think they can't just do it. I think people would be very, very surprised if they had sort of the look behind the curtain and realized that like, like, oh, well, that movie sucked. Bro, that guy works like a, a job just like you. Right. And he was able to crank that out. Like, no, that's pretty fucking He had good, to take actually. some fucking vacation pay to fucking make that thing right, happen. Right, right. Yeah, and I think that's the mis- another big misconception is, oh, well, you fucking made a movie. You got money. Right. Like, bro, no. They just spent all their money to make a right. movie. You remember that one trailer that we covered a long, long time ago? Uh, it, it, I don't even remember the name, but the trailer looked fucking awesome. Like, aesthetically, it looked great. Okay. And they went to Kickstarter, and they're all like, you guys don't need a Kickstarter. You have, like, an awesome, uh, like, you, you obviously look fantastic. Good. And they're like, no, we spent every dime we had to rent a red camera to shoot that three minutes of footage. Yeah. Like, we need money really bad. Yeah, because I mean, renting a red camera, your money's all, my, my year's worth of salaries. <laughs> Calm, like right now. Yeah, I mean, even to a lesser scale, I'm not putting this on the same same thing, but just having a fucking website, people think, oh, well, you're making money. No, motherfucker. Yeah. Just because you have a product of any sort doesn't mean you made money. <laughs> just means you fucking wasted a lot of time to right. make a product. You really love something. Right. And you put a lot of effort into making it. And, uh, you know, you might make money out of it. But chances are, probably not. You might have to do it for a really very long time. Or you might have to do a couple different iterations of it. And eventually, maybe, if you're lucky, someone will pay you to do it. And it's funny, I think we talked about this so much that we dug down to the core issue here, <laughs> is that uh, when you kind of dismiss the genre as a whole, you don't really hurt the big guys or the guys that are making money. You hurt these guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's who's getting dicked. The guys who should be making some, some money because the money's there, but you're just not. Yeah. No, I mean, it's disappointing. And you, you hear this. This isn't just a, a horror movie thing. I mean, I've got I've heard from people that uh, maybe have their songs used in soundtracks before, oh, God, like yes. like musicians and uh, uh, a guy named Will Francis. I talked to on a somewhat regular basis. Uh, he had his song in one of the Saw movies and in one of the Underworld movies. Um very popular franchises. Right. You may have heard of them, right? Uh, <laughs> I may have watched one of those movies. Like he always does these Indiegogo campaigns and stuff for his albums. And they're like, well, why do you do this? You must be like banking. If you're in these movies, he's like, I have never seen a single dime from that. Like, like I sold, I made that record for a, for a label. And then that label saw every single cent of that going forward. Like that could be used uh, on a McDonald's commercial. It could be used on anything. And I would never, ever see a dime for it ever. Music industry is one of the most crooked industries <laughs> ever. I mean, it's a whole other podcast and a whole right. other topic. But man, yeah, that's the thing though. Just artists in general, they get yeah. That's, that's what I was trying to say. Is just like artists in general. Yeah. Um, just because they're making something cool doesn't mean that. And again, like, uh, look, I, I'm not gonna act like a saint. Like there was a time where I pirated the fuck out of every single movie I possibly could, <laughs> right? Sure. But now I just feel too bad, man. You made some relationships, dude. You, like, you, like you see who it fucking hurts. I do. I, I see who it hurts, and I. I am, you know, I I feel bad about that shit. So even now when we get 99% of the movies that we see for free, I still, I buy a shirt, I buy a poster. I want to, I want to give them fucking money in some way, shape or form, even if I don't have to buy the movie because I've already got the movie. Um, I think that's important. Sometimes I wish people could, could just sort of peek behind just a little bit the way that we've been lucky enough to do and notice that like, yeah, 
having your movie stolen sucks. Oh, like it sure. hurts really bad. Like all of that work that you put in, um, you're not, th- this guy isn't universal. Uh, this guy spent his life savings to make this movie and you are taking the money away from him. Yeah. I mean, as well, you know, that's an interesting topic. I'm glad you kind of mentioned that as well. Cause it hurts sometimes too when we're on here and you know, even today we kind of bad mouth a movie. We're like, eh, yeah, know. like killing ground. Yeah, yeah. Cause you're like, fuck somebody, a lot of people spend a lot of time to make that and they're trying to make some money back. I mean, I, I remember uh, when we talked about a night of something strange. Yeah. Like I didn't much care for it. And those motherfuckers, that's, that's budget, man. Those guys are working just pure passion project. Sure. But by God, I went on social media and shared some of that shit. Absolutely. It's like, I didn't like the movie, but that doesn't mean I don't want them to make money. I do want them to make money. I want them right. to be successful. To be fair, uh, with Killing Ground and IFC Midnight, not that this would have changed our opinion on the oh, film, sure. but they have already made their money through their acquisition deal of IFC Midnight. Yes. Like the money exchanged hands at that point. Um, so not exactly the same thing, but yeah, something like, um, night of something strange, like pool party massacre, like, uh, you were not alone. Like so many of the movies yeah. that we talk about on here, uh, piracy hurts super bad there. I don't know how we ended up on the topic of piracy, uh, <laughs> but, but fuck it. We're, we're talking around. Yeah. I mean, like we knew this would be tangent filled once we got into this particular <laughs> segment uh, of just horror, uh, as is in 2017. But I, th- I mean, I do think people have just gotten in the, uh, I guess it's a social norm now. Like on some of the video reviews that we do on YouTube, I look at the comments and someone's like, hey, where can I watch this at online? And, oh so, my God, and someone yes. will be like, oh yeah, here it is. And just, Here's paste, fucking link. just post the link. Like, no, fuck you. Like I go in, I delete those yes. every single time as soon as I see them. Like, no, that's not not on my watch, motherfuckers. Right. Like, it's not going to happen. And that's the thing. Like, if, if that's what you're going to do, there's no way to stop you. But just, yeah, don't share it. Like, fuck. Like, at least make other people have to fucking work for it. I, I forget who it was, and I, I probably wouldn't name drop even it was, but uh, one one of the filmmaker filmmakers that we're familiar with um, posted on Facebook the other day, and they're like, well, my movie leaked online. I just saw it. Mm-hmm. And uh, some one of their friends was like, uh, well, like I guess you should be flattered that someone, that your movie's big enough to get stolen online. He's like, no, I'm not fucking flattered. It's like, I'm, I'm pissed. Like, right. would you be flattered? Like, no, like this, this is awful. Yeah, I mean, I get what the person's trying to say, but right, then at right. the end of the day, like... It's amazing how many movies there's online, like movies that people never want to watch. But somebody's like, well, fuck it. I can put it online. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then whenever you hit the play button, you get an ad pop up that you just close out. But that guy just got like a fraction of a penny. Right. And if, that, if that happens a million times, he's gotten some fucking money coming in. Absolutely. It's it's so crazy. I don't, I don't know how we got on piracy either, but I'm glad we went down that road too. <laughs> so, OK, so basically uh, it's all bullshit, right? The article is bullshit. Piracy is bullshit. bullshit. Uh, I mean, that, that's 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 what we're getting at here. And there should be more money for motherfuckers who deserve it. That's what. That's another. There it thing, is. Right? We're, we're, we will not raise taxes. We will <laughs> give more money to those that deserve it. Rodriguez Hopkins, twenty twenty. <laughs> Notice I is. put you first because I cannot withstand the scrutiny of being president. Well, we, we'll get the Mexican vote. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. That illegal vote. Everyone's always talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Bring shit. that fucking wall down. <laughs> that's what we're saying. Mr. Chavez. Like, just our slogan would just be, go around it. Go, go. <laughs> Ladders for sale, 2020. Yeah, whatever. Go around it. Go around that motherfucker. Um, so, yeah, I think that's all we've got to say on this. We, we've, we've, we've rattled it around at the gums for long enough. Well, yeah. That's what people love, though. They love it. I don't know why they love it. 
They're sick and twisted individuals. I'll never understand it. So we ended up at uh, 90 minutes, just like you said. Oh, shit. I said we would. There it is. Perfect. Uh, So thank you guys so much for joining us with episode 111 of the Modern Hearts podcast. Illuminati. (laughs) (laughs) It would not be the same without any of you. Uh, If you have any thoughts, questions, comments, uh, any of that, either hit us up on uh, Facebook, on Twitter. You can comment on the post on the website, any of that. We'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, just in case you didn't know, we also have stickers that have been printed. Modern Horrors logo stickers with the badge on there. Uh, if you want a free one, and I use the word free uh, Very loosely, loosely yes. uh, go ahead, go on iTunes, leave a review for the Modern Horrors podcast. It better be good, too. Better be fucking good. <laughs> really, like, give, give us a, give us a uh, honest review. Let us know if we can improve that. Maybe, maybe put that in a DM. Maybe, you know. Maybe. Yeah, don't, don't put us on blast. <laughs> I will say, these, these stickers are all very special. Not only are they just of the logo, but they all have been touched and cut out by none other than the Luke Rodriguez. That's true. I'm sitting my dumb ass at my desk at home, cutting these things into fucking circles to make them look aesthetically pleasing because my anal ass cannot... <laughs> Stomach putting uh, square stickers with round, no, round yeah, stickers yeah. on square like, pieces I, of paper. I, like I can't fathom releasing that to the world. <laughs> Jacob, it, Jacob understands because he's he's been through me with developing a website. <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't go with me. Uh, but if you would like a free sticker, please go ahead and leave us a review. If you've already left us a review, uh, then you know what, probably just hit us up on Twitter. And we, the few of you that I know. Uh, Already, I'm looking at you, uh, Amy. See you. <laughs> Hit him twenty. Uh, th- See you. Those uh, those people that uh, I don't think Hit him twenty has actually done a review yet. You motherfucker. But he's a, he's a Google allegiance kind of guy. Is. Um, but so I get it. I feel that. But uh, if you were in that group, just hit us up. Uh, the the, the Chris's of the world. Let right. us know. Give us your address. We'll even check that little secondary tab on Twitter for the inbox. We sure will. <laughs> and uh, maybe for those of you that have already done that, maybe we throw a pin in there. We've got some shutter swag that we still have to give out. Uh, maybe we'll uh, lace that with a little bit of uh, something extra. Oh, oh. LSD is <laughs> what. what I- now, just licking shirts and stickers. And- <laughs> All right, guys. So thank you. Uh, until next week, thank you. We love you. We are out of here.